the house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes, the house takes you. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. I've been practicing this because a little bit that I rushed, it felt like I rushed. That was good, I liked it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. Hey. With us on the ones and twos, Joseph Ascani. What's up? College football week eight, NFL week seven. We got a lot to break down, a lot to go over. We got steamrolled last week. Uh, we'll just get out in front of it like a politician with some uh, some bad news. We just You got you to gotta face it head on. Um, I had my worst week of the year, without question. You didn't really have that bad of a week. It seemed like it was worse in the to- at the time. Like, seemed like we were in it together. <laughs> Turns out we weren't. Um, we're going to go over a few things, go over the Saints game. We're back from our Houston trip, which was a debacle of a game. The Saints stink. It's just the world we live in now, currently. Uh, and then a couple other things to touch on, and then um, we're going to try to get back on track. How do you feel? Uh, we're, we're week, we're what, eight weeks into the college football slate. What are your thoughts? What do you? What's your? What's your? Can only or seven weeks in. Can only get better. Yeah, it's gonna get better. You swear? Yeah. Okay. Um. How 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 did you do? Where are you sitting at? Overall? Yeah. Uh, sixteen and eleven. How'd you do last week? One and two. Yeah. There's no secret. It was a. uh, It was a bad week. Yeah. Typically. I do well when we go on the road. This year, I did not. Every time I checked my phone, I lost more money. Uh, so put a little damper. But uh, stop what you're doing right now. Hit subscribe, Big Easy Bets TV on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on all social media. Uh, Nick put, which was on YouTube as well, but he also put out on, actually, no, just YouTube. Exclusively on YouTube. Exclusively on YouTube. Bricks Picks dropped Saturday morning. It was one of the, one of the few winners we hit on Saturday. LSU minus 11 and a half. Never a doubt. Um, so, last episode, I felt like I had to get rid of this curse that was bestowed <laughs> upon me. So, I ripped up the Saints ticket and, and felt like I was doing something good there. Turns out I wasn't. Turns out it was bad. It was the wrong decision. And I'm sorry to whichever gambling god uh, it, it upset. I taped it back together. so i'm trying to write any of the wrongs that i made and it's about as good of a tape job as it's going to get because i ripped it up and i counted them 16 pieces so there you go mulligan never should have done it i apologize go ahead and stick that under the saints helmet right there i would have burned it yeah well (laughs) we're gonna try this first um and hope that this gets us back on track never it's a memento never should have never should have done it i made a big mistake won't do it again. Um, I do find it funny, though. It, I'm used to it by now. Like, back in the day, I used to get, like, aggravated. It never fails. Somebody will comment. Like, somebody comment, or you'll get messages. They're like, hey, Cincinnati lost. Yeah, I know. Like, what are you, my <laughs> fucking bank? What are you, Capital One? Hey, you lost money. That's like you just got hit by a car, and somebody's like, 
buddy, you just got ran over by a Civic. It's like, yeah, I know, I know they lost. Trust me, I know I lost my ass. Um, my legs are gone. It's like, I don't think you're going to be able to walk. Yeah, I know. It always happens. Like, ah, mm -hmm. he said Cincinnati, thumbs down. So you're <laughs> yeah. right about that. <laughs> you are fucking right about that. Um, but the good news is I fucking hate the board this week. So that's got to be a good thing. I loved the board last week. Couldn't fucking. I lost my ass. So I hate the board this week. Don't like a single pick that I have. I wouldn't take a single one of them if I were anybody listening right now because I don't know anything. And that's why I'm going to get them. So. <laughs> Do with that what you will. Yeah. yeah, make your own decisions. Um, yeah, so the Saints stink. We lost to the Texans. We saw it front row. Uh, we watched Blake Groupie, whatever his fucking name is. I don't know what his first name is. Uh, absolutely implode and then get chewed out by every away fan right there on row one. Incredible seats, incredible perspective, horrible game. Our offense sucks. So what do, what do you do as a Saints fan right now? Because in my opinion, I think we're in that perpetual no man's land where we're always going to be good enough because the division's weak. We're always going to be good enough to be like pick 10 to 20. And you'll never get a quarterback. I mean, you'll get like, you can, you can get a quarterback, but you're never going to get one of the top three quarterbacks coming out. So what do you do? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it kind of sucks because like you said, the division's good enough to where you know, we can't fire the coach. What do you mean? Like, like last gonna... season or this season or maybe when this season finishes, who knows how it plays out because it record-wise, it's still right there with, with the teams in our division. But Yeah, and that's what everybody's saying, but it's over. Like We're hmm. not going to um, win a playoff game if we somehow manage to get there. Yeah. By the grace of God, we backed our way into the playoffs because the division's horrible. What are we going to do? We're going to go on the road. We're going to not put up any points on the board. We're going to rely on a heroic effort from the defense, and they're going to give us three great quarters, and then they'll be dog shit tired by the fourth, and then we'll lose. I'm not trying. I've always was the ultimate optimist since we had Drew Brees because we always had a chance with Drew. But I mean, from especially from 2017 to 2021. I was the ultimate optimist. We're never out of the game. Always uh, drew, broke the, tore the ligaments in his fingers against the Rams. I'm like Teddy can carry the load and we'll, we'll get back and then it, we'll, we'll just weather the storm until Drew comes back. And what we do, we went like five and oh with Teddy. Like we're fucked now. There is no optimism. There's nothing to be excited about. There's nothing to be, because the defense is slowly but surely breaking down. We're allowing the Texans to burn us with crossing routes, and Nico Collins is burning Lattimore. And our red zone offense is – that was the knock. That's what we said when we signed Derek Carr. The one knock on Derek Carr was his red zone efficiency. I can find last year, I remember he was on the Raiders. I was on the other side. And I remember Derek Carr turned the ball over like twice in the red zone. And we talked about it the next week. I was like, that was the difference. I was like, he sucks in the red zone. And then we sign him, and you start thinking like, well, maybe it's not that bad. You hope. Mm -hmm. But no, he's bad in the red zone. When you go back and watch those four, the last four plays of the game, it was throw a prayer to the right, <laughs> throw a prayer to the left. All right, try again back to the right. All right, last one to the left. It was just throw a prayer to the back corner of the end zone and hope. What is that? Yeah, it was disgusting. That's a tremendous problem. Like, I, I don't know. 
I don't know. There's no, there's nothing to be excited about. I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much out. Mm-hmm. I'll still watch. I'll still root. I'll be happy if we win, but I kind of won't because we'll just wind up in the middle of the pack. Yeah, you kind of just hope we um suck. Yeah, you you kind of get rid of everybody. Yes, yeah, so you kind of have to hope shit hits the fan so bad. But then what do you do? Because Dennis Allen went and got Derek Carr. That was his guy. He came here to play with DA and blah blah blah. They both stink. Carr stinks. Allen's an idiot. Pete Carmichael's like Joe Biden. He's he's too old for his position, and he was always an idiot. So what do you do? Everybody lived in the shadow of Sean Payton. And, and, and it's kind of like it's kind of like the offensive line. Drew Brees made the offensive line look better than it was. Clearly, because Ramchek, it's like, oh, Ramchek's actually struggling. Eric McCoy. Uh, what, like, just all these people. When you have somebody that is elite at the position or an elite head coach, which Sean Payton was, I understand what he's doing in Denver right now is a train wreck. But he's one of the best head coaches of all time. He's one of the best offensive minds of all time. And it was a it was a perfect um it, it was like perfect harmony between him and Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do? Nothing. We stink. I don't know what to do. I, it's weird. It's it's like personally as a Saints fan, like I've been a Saints fan my entire life, dedicated a lot of time and energy, and it's just a really weird time where you feel like you should be as invested because. You're a fan of your core, and like that's your identity. Like, been a Saints fan my whole life, but deep down, I know we fucking suck, and we have inept coaches, and and the front office is is just top to bottom. It's bad. Yeah. So what? I, it's like almost like a, it's like conflicting feelings because you don't want to root for your team to lose, but if we continue to win some here and there, then we're going to be stuck. Yeah, I don't think it's going to get much better. No, because we saw it. We were right there. It's like. The vin- Clearly, Carr is frustrated with the play calling. Then other players on the team seem to be frustrated with Carr. Yes. It's we- like they can say all that shit doesn't matter, but it's like next game, once shit's not going smooth. Yeah. Turn here it right, comes again. Turn right. right the fuck around and play on Thursday, too. Mm-hmm. You have no time to get it figured out. Yeah. Injuries on the offensive line. Yeah. Shout out to Foster Moreau, though. We had front row seats, best seats in the house, 40 yard line, row one. We got a front row view of the only guy outside of maybe Jameis, the only guy trying to rally the troops and saying it's on us. We're going to put points on the board. The defense is going to hold them. They're not scoring more than 24 points. Foster Moreau. I would hire Foster Moreau to be the head coach of the New Orleans Saints today. So he's got a future in coaching, guaranteed. So that was cool to see. Um, all right. couple things I wrote down. Um Colorado blew a 29-point lead. Yep. Lost in double or triple overtime. Is the Would you say the Dion experiments is a failed exper- experiment? <laughs> I don't know about fail. I know. That's what we were talking um, about. But, yeah, but that that chicken walking guy's over his head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you saw Shador Sanders was posting to his Instagram at halftime? <laughs> wow. 29 nothing. He's posting to his Instagram about like merch accounts and all of mm. that. And then you come out and you blow the lead. You blow a 29 point lead. It was 70 to one for uh, Stanford to come back and win. Mm. 70 to one odds. What the fuck? You know, somebody took it. Somebody with more money than sense was like, ah, <laughs> fuck it. And he's like, Jesus Christ. He woke up in the morning because the game went to fucking probably 2 30 in the morning, three. So, like, oh my God, I just won $4,000. <laughs> like, 
What a fucking rush that had to be. Um, and then, okay, the last thing I have. You saw the Chargers fan last night? Yeah. You think that's a plant by the NFL? <laughs> I have no idea. Who was that? Uh, some girl. I mean, did you saw it? It was just a random person? Yeah, what do you mean? I thought that was like somebody of significance. The Chinese ambassador for the United <laughs> States. Well, maybe like a, a player's wife or a coach's wife. I didn't know who Come the on. hell that was. Come on. <laughs> no. <laughs> coach's wife. Um, yeah, that's Pete Carmichael's wife. No, <laughs> this this Chargers fan was overly animated. And in my personal opinion, you can never convince me otherwise, was a plant by the NFL because the Chargers have no fans. The Cowboys, every time the Cowboys would get a stop on third down, it was like it was a home game. They're just showing her continuously throughout the game, like, overly animated. Like, come on, come on, come on. Yes, yes. Like, and she's saying, like, get him, get him. But they're on offense. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I just, I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. They had her on Pat McAfee's show today. It's like, mm, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. They're trying to say, like, the Chargers have fans and... And when you hear her talking to Pat McAfee, she's like, I just knew we had to get that touchdown. It's like nobody talks like that. They said she's a season ticket holder for like 30 years. Bullshit. Because <laughs> they've been in San- they've, they've been in the L.A. for what, five years? Yeah. So what did she have? And she even said she was like, I've been a fan. I, I've lived in L.A. and I've always loved the Chargers. Like, they used to be in San Diego, you stupid idiot. <laughs> so I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a second. I don't trust her as far as I can throw her. And I could probably throw her pretty far. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was, uh, that was clearly a sham without question. Yeah. I was confused. I was like, who is this lady? I think she just doesn't understand. I don't know why they kept putting a camera on her. That was a bit funny. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. She just had no idea what was going on. She's like a kid with too much sugar. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's like a commercial break. Like she doesn't know what's going on. Um, all right, let's get into the recap, I guess. If we, y'all have anything before we do it? No, I had fun, though. Did you? Yeah. Well, I lost all my money. Saturday was fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was fun. And the stadium was cool. It would have been so much better if I didn't, if I wasn't just a broke, dumb idiot losing all my money. And so, yeah, let's get into it. Because it was a fucking, God, it was so, it was such an aggravating day in terms of bets. Start the week off with Sam Houston, plus four. Not the best pick in hindsight, but it was a tale of two halves. New Mexico State didn't score a point in the second half. Um, Sam Houston State was able to put some points on the board, but not enough to get back inside the number. Utah State plus six was a sweat, my only win of the week. Uh, they lose by five because of it came down to a two-point conversion. Utah State had to get a two-point conversion, and then they stopped, um, whoever the fuck it was, Fresno from converting their two-point conversion, and that was the difference. So a one-on-one start to the week. Then Memphis plus five. Memphis was up 21-10 to 10 late in the second half, and they allowed 21 unanswered points from Tulane. Uh, a heartbreaking. Uh, Hannigan's an idiot. The quarterback from Memphis is an absolute idiot. He's great for three consecutive drives, and then he just sucked the rest of the game. Oregon plus three was a push. And full transparency to the listeners, I put a large chunk on the money line. So I lost my ass this week. Uh, Dan Lanning, I respect the aggressiveness. I do. You got to get it. You get fourth and three. He, you and I both knew. That's what we're talking about. You punt it to them, they're fucking scoring still. That that Washington offense, Penix played great. 
Um, he's definitely worthy of the leading Heisman candidate, in my opinion. Him, he was just hanging in the pocket, taking shots, delivering ridiculous balls. But I like the aggressiveness. I've always said it. With an offense like Oregon's, yeah, that was the whole thing. Like they have comparable offenses. Uh, obviously, Washington had the edge. Oregon had the edge on defense, which they came up huge on a goal line stand. Fourth and three, you got to get the three yards. I would go for it ten out of ten times. So, what what are your thoughts? And I understand hindsight's twenty twenty, but we were we were saying it's it felt like we were on opposite sides at first, and then it was like, okay, they're going. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. So. Um... I guess in hindsight now, the the last fourth down in the game, yeah, I would have went for it because yeah. at the time I was like, punt it. But, you know, if they would have gotten that, they would have been able to run a clock out. The fourth down I don't agree with was the one right before halftime. Yes. I would have kicked a field goal there because they were getting the ball after halftime. Yeah. yeah, and, and So you would have been in control of the game from that point out. And it's like, I guess he... Clearly, he came in because he did this last year, and he's done this throughout this whole season. Like, he's going to be aggressive, and he's going to, I guess maybe they're taking analytics into account, and if it's fourth and short, he's going to take the chances. And I do respect it. I guess it's kind of, yeah, you either live by it or you die by it. But it's like, yeah, you can kind of, you can tweak your strategy in the right situation. So the fact that, yeah, that they did get it at halftime, I understand. You scored the touchdown, now you can go, you can have a 14-point swing. But you didn't get it, and you could have, all but essentially guaranteed yourself at least a possible 10-point swing with the field goal. Well, yeah, you're looking at it in hindsight. It's like if they would have kicked the field goal and made it, then all of a sudden the last drive of the game, That's you're game setting winner. yourself up for a game winner. Yeah, and there's a little, probably a little less pressure on the kicker knowing that if you miss it, you don't lose. Uh, you just go to overtime. So that was unfortunate. Um, Texas A&M plus three and a half. It was your lock. I was on it as well. This was one, they had it. They had this game. Blew it in the end. That was the trending topic of my whole week. Memphis, blew it. Had a chance to backdoor. Couldn't do it. Oregon, had a field goal at the end of the game to tie it. Missed it. Texas A&M, plus three and a half. Blows it late. Um, Then I had Wisconsin, minus nine and a half, which I'll I'll let you touch on A&M since it was your lock. Uh, Wisconsin, minus nine and a half. Mordecai gets hurt in the first half. Somebody throw me a fucking bone here, man. Give me a break. Like R. Kelly, I'm fighting for my life. Mordecai gets hurt in the first half. It, it, it probably wouldn't have hit. Let's be honest. Come on. Let's be honest. Probably didn't have a shot from the get-go because I'm an idiot. Cincinnati minus five, my lock of the week. Cincinnati fucking stinks. Their coach is an idiot. Satterfield's a dumbass. Yeah. And then the last one, I saved it for the end. Wasn't my lock, but it could have saved. It could have took a horrible week. And like the Undertaker rising out of the fucking casket, it could have brought me back from the dead. Uh, but it did exactly what I knew it would. Miami plus four. Miami was hanging tough the whole game. A couple bad decisions by uh, Van Dyke. Poor interceptions. It's looking like it was out out of the question. Done deal. They were going to lose. And then from the rafters, here they come. They they I don't even know how they scored because I was literally going to sleep. I was so mad. And then all of a sudden, I'm like half asleep. Y'all are making noise. And I, I hear like, touchdown, hurricanes. And I, I like crack one eye open. I'm like, motherfucker. So then Miami needs to get a stop, which they do. They get the ball back in prevent. Here we go. We're marching down, fucking taking their sweet time. Hurrying up, trying to get one last playoff, four, three, two, one hike. 
Van Dyke throws a pick in the end zone. A little more air under it. I think we maybe toe tap at the back of the end zone. Could have completely uh, turned my entire week and life around, but it just delayed the inevitable, kept me watching a little bit longer, and took probably about 45 minutes of precious sleep from me when we had to get up early the next day. And all in all, we go an abysmal 1-6-1. and one. We take a promising year and just set it on fire. And now we got to fucking put the fire out this week. And now my back's really against the wall because when you do this and you, and you shit all over yourself, you can't do it two weeks in a row. Or you might as well, you might, I might as well just walk out into Lake Pontchartrain until I can't fucking walk out anymore. Can't do it two weeks in a row. So one, six and one brings me to 2027 and three, three and five in my locks of the week. We will turn it around. Hopefully this week I taped that. It took me fucking 30 minutes to tape that ticket back together. So <laughs> um, I'm trying. So you went two, three and one. Yeah, we had Cincinnati, Chit Show, Oregon. We talked about it. Texas A&M plus three and a half. The biggest thing here was um, Tennessee's ability to get pressure. Kind of wreaked havoc on Max Johnson and yeah. made A&M's offense ineffective. Um, Texas Tech minus one. Uh, the quarterback gets hurt in this one. Yeah. And then the backup. Was it Shaw back again? Or no, the, oh, the, the second string got hurt. Jesus Christ. Um, and then freaking... Avery Johnson for Kansas State. Yeah. They put Will Howard. They bench Will Howard. This guy comes in, plays. They bench plays Will Howard? Yeah. It's looking like they're going to be going with this guy, Avery Johnson. Damn. Didn't even know. Um. So that's that. Get to the winners. Miami, UNC, over 57 and a half. Um, this one hit. It kind of was looking shaky there at the end because <laughs> UNC was – about to score, but it was they were near the goal line and it was getting the third down, and it was becoming that situation where obviously Miami wasn't gonna be kicking field goals anymore. They mm-hmm. need a touchdown, so UNC was able to score. Then obviously we know Miami kind of fought back there at the end. It went way over, but um, LSU minus eleven and a half, easy one of the easiest bets of the year. Yeah, but you gotta be you gotta watch out for bricks picks. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, we did it all last year. Every now and then we will have some ads, um, which he, he does his ads on his own end. I'll do mine. It, they'll be separate videos. So if you're not subscribed to the YouTube page, go click subscribe. If you're watching on right now, hit the button right below. Subscribe. All the videos will pop up that you need to see. If you see mine, don't click on them. Um, Joseph, you had, I mean, one, I one guess what would be a down week. but Yeah, one and two uh, started off with you. Uh, you were on Utah State. I was on the over. <clears throat> that one hit. Both hit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying I was on. No, I know. That game I'm saying that was good. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, never again with Washington State. I'm done with them. <laughs> never again. I mean, just, <laughs> they're eight and a half point favorites at home, and they get absolutely walloped. What was it? 40 to 6? I something? told you Arizona was good. But no, no, and, and look, and I think Washington State, I think Washington State was off a bye too. Yeah, they were. That's yep. crazy. Yeah, this yep. was clear uh, uh clear Washington State spot too. Yeah. I, obviously with Arizona be going to yeah. overtime with UFC USC the week before. Right. It's like Yeah. So. I'm sure a lot of people were on um Arizona mm-hmm. in the public. Yeah. And then uh 
UCLA, Oregon State under my lock did not hit. UCLA didn't get the stops that I expected them to. So uh, that hurt. Brings me to 16 and 11 overall and 3 and 5 in my locks. All righty. Um, trying to look at something. I'll do it later. Um, all right. I got to do better this week. Can't really do much worse. Got one winner by a fucking one point. Thank God for a two-point conversion. Nearly went over. Um, you know, I feel like an abused child. Like, and they're like, I'm not going to hit you again. And you're like, all right, all right. And then, wham, fucking <laughs> smacks you right across your face. I'm gun shy. I'm second guessing everything. But that's why I'm going to fucking get them this week. So, right when you think you know nothing, that's when you come back and law of averages evens out. Uh, let's look ahead to college football week eight. Um, I'll let you go first. We got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the, the same old song and dance. We got games every day this week. We had games on as we speak. Are you taking anything on Wednesday? Yeah. Are y'all on New Mexico State? Are you doing anything with them? <laughs> <laughs> of course. I have a bunch of fucking uh, breakdown, but I don't think I'm going to bet this game. All righty. What do you mean? I'm on a I'm on fucking side You're and on total. It? Okay. okay, well, see, I'll just, I do um, this. Hold on, I do this thing where like I'm like writing these picks down. I'm like, ah, please, please, please. But now I'm like having this over overwhelming wave of confidence. I'm I'll, on side um, and total. I feel I'll break fucking it down, and then uh, I'll tell you what I was thinking. You but. yeah, you throw the alley oop basically, and then I'll come in with the picks. So initially, I was thinking that. New Mexico State laying three, three and a half on the road against UTEP. UTEP is bottom 100 in yards per play allowed, third down offense and third down defense. They're facing a team in New Mexico State that is number seven in the nation in yards per play. New Mexico State is averaging two yards per play better than UTEP on offense, seven yards per play to five yards per play. UTEP is giving up a yard per play more on defense than they're gaining on offense, five yards per play to six yards per play allowed. Like, for me, this spot kind of at first says take UTEP, but then you look at the discrepancies in statistics, and then New Mexico State only laying three or three and a half on the road. It's like, so initially I was thinking about taking UTEP here. Um, I think they're a little bit better than statistics and final scores so far this season has shown, but... They, these these are big discrepancies as far as yards per play and yards per play allowed. Yeah. So I kind of shied away. I'm taking UTEP. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the main thing, the first one I took, I'm taking both. I'm going side in total, but I'm only under 48 and a half. Um, I'll just go over everything I wrote. Again, take it with a grain of salt. I don't know shit. I'm going to take the under 48 and a half. Uh, these Conference USA games are funny where you'll see a team look unstoppable for a half and then they can't sniff a first down. Against FIU, UTEP scored 25 points in the first half and then only three in the second. Same thing for New Mexico State, 27. All of their points scored in the first half, zero in the second in their most recent game. Um, both teams have a solid pass rush. Both are able to get at the quarterback. Both want to establish the run. It's been kind of quarterback roulette for UTEP. Their redshirt senior is questionable. It's been questionable. Um, do we see him back? Don't know. Don't care. I... Watch this New Mexico State team a lot. They're very hot and cold. When Pavia gets cold, he's extremely cold. Uh, I have three and a half. So it, 
over three, I'll take UTEP. Um, and then I'm going under 48 and a half as well. Yeah, I'll take UTEP then as well. Because um, you look at the game comparable opponent, FIU. New Mexico State played FIU at home, I think. And then UTEP played FIU Mexico State, as an away game. New Mexico State was at home, yes. Um, and statistics in that game suggest that these teams are a lot closer than the yards per play in third down. Conversion rates suggest... So I think UTEP is a little bit better than than they've played so far this season. Yeah, I agree. And and New Mexico State, this is actually a rivalry game too. Um, it's not like a crazy amount of distance to travel, obviously. But New Mexico State plays better at home than on the road like most teams do. UTEP getting over three. They're going to be fired up. All 17 people in the stands are going to be going crazy. I think we see the Miners have a good night. They need to. Um, but FIU... Like, I watched it closely, obviously. I was on it. New Mexico State covered. I feel like the score is not indicative of how that game really went, though. There was a couple red zone turnovers. There were some key plays that went New Mexico State's way that the score could have looked a lot different than what it was. So, um, yeah, we're going to get the week started off right. I'm on side and told if I go 2-0, and oh my God, I will be fucking <laughs> back from the dead. Y'all will not hear the fucking end of it. Uh, yeah, but I'm taking, I'm taking UTEP plus 3.5. And then I'm taking under 48 and a half. Just stop letting Pavia run. Because he'll throw some stupid some stupid throws, but then every now and then he'll drop like a gorgeous deep ball in the bucket. It's mm-hmm. like, what is that? Uh, Joseph, are you on any Wednesday games? No. I was looking at Sam Houston say it again, too. I was like, no, not this time. Uh, Thursday, anybody? Yeah, I'm on Thursday. Okay. James Madison, minus four. At Marshall, the over-under is 50 points uh-huh while james madison has the number one ranked rush defense in the nation giving up 39 rushing yards per game they also have an advantage in yards per play margin against marshall they really struggle on third down offense um 27 conversion rate ranking 127 in the nation marshall has the six ranked third down defense in the nation i i like marshall here in a bounce back spot after losing two games on the road this Mm -hmm. game's at home I think the playmaking ability of Fancher is kind of the difference here and keeps Marshall in the game so I'm gonna take Marshall plus four at home I'm not on it but I wanted to fucking do it (laughs) uh it worries me Marshall's um run defense yeah what is that I was trying to look like is there some reason like did they play a service academy school and get fucking bullied or something um why are they so bad against the run and, like, was it one game that it's kind of skewed? Because, honestly, their defensive statistics overall, like their pass defense, looks like it's the best in the fucking country. Um, God, I want to do it, but I'm not. I'm, I'll just wait. That's what I said. I'm dedicating Thursdays just to the NFL. That's the side I would lean, though, for what that's worth, which is nothing. Um, are you on any Thursday games, Joseph? No. All righty. What about Friday? SMU Temple. I'm skipping Friday. Are you? Yeah. Okay, so I looked at it. Um, I looked at it pretty close, and EJ Warner has been. He didn't play last game. He was a late scratch. He was banged up. The backup stinks. Um, so the way I was looking at this was, if EJ Warner is out, I wanted to take SMU first half because typically. 
and I almost wanted to take them first quarter because their scripted plays, they've had a lot of success. A large portion of their points come in the first half and especially the first quarter. Uh, Temple just stinks. They struggle. Um, I'm not currently on anything. I couldn't find any official report about EJ Warner. Uh, they just lost 45 to 14 to uh, a, a new, Me- uh, I'm sorry, a North Texas uh, defense that is not spectacular at all. They could only score 14 points. Both came in the first half. They were held scoreless in the second half. Uh, Quentin Patterson, 12 of 30, 105 yards and three interceptions. They actually had a lot of success running the football, um, but then just untimely turnovers. Temple's on a four-game losing streak. Obviously, they play Miami, but I, I don't know. I just I wanted to take SMU here. Like I said, first half. Currently, I'm not on it. Maybe I'll add it. I don't know. Did you look at it at all? Do you have an opinion? No, I haven't. I didn't really even decide to look at it. Okay, I'll hold off for now, but we'll see. Um, all right, let's look ahead to Saturday. Um, let's start with the big one, I guess. The biggest game of the week, without question. Big Ten matchup. Number seven ranked Penn State Nittany Lions going on the road to what? The Horseshoe? I don't even know what they I think call that's it. what they call it. To take on the number three Ohio State Buckeyes. Are you on it? No. Are you on it? Yes. What are you doing? <laughs> it's the biggest game of the year. Um, I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, yeah, Penn State, Ohio State. This is at 11 a.m. Saturday. I am going to take the under 46 and a half. They had a 48s available today. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take the under 48. Let me scratch it out real quick. Uh, we're talking two top ten top ten defenses here in arguably the biggest game of the year so far. Um, I'm looking at both scoring and total defense here. Uh, Penn State, they're both top ten in both categories. Penn State's second in scoring defense, giving up only eight points per game this season. Ohio State third, giving up only ten. Uh, in total defense, Penn State is first overall in the country. Ohio State seventh. Penn State giving up only 193 yards per game. Ohio State given only 263. Um, this is Penn State's first, I would say, real test this year uh, and definitely going to be their hardest. This is Alar's first start against a powerhouse team in what should be a very, very rowdy atmosphere. Uh, he's been great all season long, and I think I think he could be the real deal, but I also think this is a spot we could see him struggle against a really good defense on the road. Uh, and on the other side for Ohio State, you have another first-year starter in McCord against another, as I mentioned, very good Penn State defense here. So I think points will be hard for both teams to come by here. Um, sort of similar to that Notre Dame-Ohio State game, I am going to take the under 48. Alrighty, I'm going to take the Nittany Lions plus four and a half. Um, four and a half feels like too many. Kyle McCord, is it is it fair to say, I mean, and you can give you unbiased opinion, Um is it fair to say Kyle McCord's the worst quarterback that Ohio State's had in a decade? Um, yeah, I guess so. He's just like, and it sounds harsh to say to word it like that because I don't think he's horrible. They've just had incredible quarterbacks time and time again, and we're talking collegiately. Understand NFL wise, typically Ohio State quarterbacks don't pan out, although CJ Stroud looks great. Um. But collegiately, I mean, Dwayne Haskins was a stud. Uh, I mean, you go down the line when they had the trio of, who was it, Braxton Miller, Cardell Jones, and then who was the other one? Um, who was the third one? 16. 
He came to the Saints on the practice squad. Oh, Barrett, JT, JT Barrett. Barrett, yes. Um, Troy Smith. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. If you want to go, yeah. Yeah. So Kyle McCord, they should have lost the game to Notre Dame. They're very lucky to win that game. Mm-hmm. The reason I think that Penn State's going to keep this one close. So, I ha, have you seen anything about Egbuka? If he's playing or not? Yeah. No, I haven't. He didn't play last week. Right. I, as far as I could tell, it looks like he's probably trending towards not playing again. Don't know for sure. But if he's out, he was against Notre Dame. He was seven for 96. He's the chain mover. We've kind of seen Marvin Harrison Jr. shot uh, kind of not exactly perform up to expectations in these big games. Um, that or he gets hurt in them. Um, I'm taking Penn State plus four and a half. I think we can see them. The defense is so fucking good. The run defense specifically is really good. I understand Ohio State has guys, but they weren't really, other than the big run that Henderson had against Notre Dame, they weren't really having that much success on the ground, I didn't feel like. I think we could see that here. I think the the rush defense for Penn State is better than Notre Dame's. Overall, the defense is better. I think it's going to come down to McCord. I am worried. I, I want to see how Aller responds. This is the true, first true road test. You're going, it's a top 10 matchup. It's number three Ohio State. We're going to see what he can do. But I do think that their stable of running backs makes his life a lot easier. I'll put that backfield up against anybody's in the country. Uh, like we said, every a lot of people have a good, fast running back or a bruising running back, but they have a perfect combination of speed and power and shiftiness as well. I've watched them time and time again. What should have been a loss of three, they make the guy miss, and then they turn it into a gain of six. So you're going to have to do that probably a decent bit here. Penn State's offensive line is good. The left tackle has kind of been um, not really performing up to what was the expectations coming in. But they still have a quality offensive line. They have a great defensive line. I'm taking the Nittany Lions plus four and a half. I just think it's too many points. What's your first one for Saturday? Um, UCF at number six, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's 19 and a half point favorites. The over-under is 65. Both teams are coming off of a bye, obviously. Oklahoma's coming off the big win against Texas. USC. UFC has dropped three in a row. UCF. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't even know if I should bet this. <laughs> um, they've dropped three in a row, and it's and it's going to be four. They had the collapse against Baylor. Then they get routed by Kansas. UCF isn't going to be able to get their first Big 12 win here, but 19.5 does seem like a little bit too many points for an offense that's number four in the nation in yards per play behind only Washington, LSU, and USC. So I'm going to take... UCF plus 19 and a half on the road. That was another one I was looking at. Not going to do it, but it is certainly, uh, it's like, how is Oklahoma going to respond? Let down spot off the bye. They probably partied like fucking crazy. Um, That was one I was looking at. Uh, Air Force and Navy. You touching it? No. I'm going to take Navy. Get an 11. There's weather in the forecast. About a 50% chance of rain. It's a service academy matchup, 11 points. Um, Navy's defensive statistics are a little skewed because they got ran out of the building in Ireland by Notre Dame. Air Force is clearly far and away the best of the service academies. There's no question there. If there's weather in the forecast, Air Force likes to sprinkle in a little bit more pass plays than uh, 
than the other ones, than the other service academies. I just feel like 11 is too, too much. You let Navy go, score a touchdown first, and then now we're in a dogfight. It just, I don't know. It's going to be tough to cover that number, I think. I'm taking Navy plus 11. All right, Joseph, what's your next one? I'm going to go to probably the second biggest game of this weekend, uh, Duke at Florida State, <clears throat> 6.30 p.m. at night. I'm going to ride with the Seminoles here, laying 13 and a half. Um, and, and, look, I like Riley Leonard. I like this Duke football team, but I, I think the Seminoles flex a little bit here in this one. Mike Norvell has this team in championship or bust mode, and I think they'll look to continue to make a statement with another impressive showing here. Against a, a, a good Duke football team, uh, it should be a favorable crowd. Primetime night game matchup for Florida State. We could see that affect Riley Leonard maybe a little bit in this offense, um, holding them from getting into rhythm potentially. Uh, and I don't see, even though Duke's defense has been pretty solid this year, Jordan Travis in this in this Seminoles offense is is rolling right now, and I don't I don't think they'll have a problem putting up points in this one. Trey Benson will get the rushing attack going. Uh, soften up that defense, allowing Travis to make plays downfield to his big-time receivers, uh, Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson. And, I, and, look, I love what I saw from the Seminoles' defense last week, handling another mobile quarterback in Garrett Schrader uh, en route to a 41-3 to cakewalk victory. So I'm going to back the Seminoles here, minus 13-and-a-half. I'm actually on the other side on this one. I'm going to take the 14. I got 14 with Duke. That's what the line is also – currently at um okay. Riley Leonard it's not a definite if Riley Leonard's going to play or not so that would make things that would stink because uh he he was questionable last week had his ankle taped up going through warm-ups not in pads just kind of out there uh Elko said he's day-to-day I would assume he's going to go for this one uh they played NC State last week they won 24 to 3 um in a spot where some people felt like Maybe we could see Duke struggle. Um, I feel like, obviously, we know what Florida State's capable of offensively. I feel like there's been quite a few games where they haven't really put together like a full game dominant performance. Obviously, against LSU, it's a little di- different of a story. But, I mean, when you see what the defense is now, first half they struggled. Um, Boston College. Yeah, Boston College, that was a that was a near upset I guess uh they allowed Virginia Tech to keep it relatively close I guess um but not really but they did the large portion they scored they scored 22 points in the first quarter they scored 17 points in the final three quarters Duke's not bad Duke's a good team they have a good running back in waters they've got weapons on the outside their defense is not bad their d their um their dbs are disciplined their backup quarterback is not very good um I need Riley Leonard to play in this game. If he does, I think they can keep it inside two touchdowns. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? You had to at least look at this one, right? Um, Yeah, it's a tough one. Because I kind of agree that, you know, sometimes Florida State looks really good, and then other times I'm, I'm wondering if they're a true contender. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like in that Clemson game, man, they were really lucky to be Clemson. Obviously, the the sack, fumble, scoop, score, and then in the end, it was like the offense really couldn't do shit, and it was just kind of throw it up to your big guys and pray that they catch it. Is Wilson back for this one? Was he out last week? I think he might have been. Let me see. Let me see. 
Go ahead, though. Continue. I'll let you know in one second. So, yeah, just there There seems to be a little bit of concerns there still for uh, Florida State on offense when he was out. When the defense kind of takes away what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, Keon Coleman, nine receptions, 140 yards and a touchdown. He's the best receiver on the field for sure. I like Duke's defense. I don't think Johnny Wilson's that great, first off. I think Johnny Wilson's just a big body. I don't know. Keon Coleman's their best receiver without yeah. question. Yeah. I think Duke defensively has shown that um, they can scheme up and, and make life difficult for guys. They allow less than 300 yards per game. They allow less than 165 passing yards per game. It's just one of those things where you're just used to Duke football not being good for as long as they have been. I would I would go out on a limb. I don't even know if it's really going out on a limb, but Mike Elko is going to get a job somewhere else very soon at a Power 5 school, which it's Power 5, at a top-of-the-food-chain school football school. very soon. He Yeah, he is going to get a job. What he's done with Duke immediately, which, don't get me wrong, I liked Coach Cutcliffe a lot. I was on the Duke train before a lot of people even knew Duke football was trending in that direction. But Mike Elko stepped in and took them to new heights almost immediately. They're 5-1 and one this season in a season where they've scheduled much tougher opponents. Um, obviously, they're getting into the bulk of that schedule now but they've took they handled business against Clemson um played a really a dog fight of a game against Notre Dame and then just trounced NC State without their starting quarterback Riley Leonard who I've been screaming it from the mountaintops Riley Leonard is one of the best quarterbacks in the country it's not even up for it's not even up for debate his dual threat ability but then you you have Waters Calhoun at receiver They've got DBs. They've got good linebackers. They've got guys number 90 on the D-line, blanking on his name. He can get after Jordan Travis, make life difficult. I'm going to take Duke plus 14 and hope that they can um, can make this a game. At the very least, the back door will be open. I don't, I don't think they just get blown out of the water. Could be wrong, but we've yet to see Florida State really. Syracuse stinks. Mm-hmm. Syracuse yeah. stinks. We saw, I saw that with, with North Carolina. We saw it... Um, Time and time again. Syracuse is yeah. not good. Offensively, they're horrible. They struggled with, um, who was it, Army. Yeah. So, yes, Florida State beat the dog shit out of Syracuse, but Duke would beat the dog shit out of Syracuse too. So, it's going to be a good game. It's one that, yeah. obviously, I have action on. If I didn't, I would still be watching, um, but I'm excited to see. One, Riley Leonard's got to play, or else fuck my life. So, um, we'll see what happens on that front. But, all right, what's your next one for Saturday? Texas Tech minus four and a half at BYU. The over under is 52. Beren Morton got knocked out of last week's game against Kansas State. He's going to be a game time decision in this one for Texas Tech, regardless. You taking the Mormons? I still like Texas Tech in this oh. one. BYU ranks 121 in yards per play on defense. They give up 4.7 yards per rush, ranking 102nd in the nation. Texas Tech is a team averaging 3.6 line yards per rush and allowing only. A stuff rate of 14%. So I, I like Texas Tech, even if the quarterback's out. Um, minus four and a half. I think Texas Tech kind of runs it all over them. And obviously BYU's offense struggling. Slovis hadn't been playing well. I haven't I haven't seen BYU really at all this year. I watched them against Cincinnati. And uh, Cincinnati should have won that game. Well, yes. But Cincinnati <laughs> sucks Yes, at winning. Um. All right. Texas and Houston. Are you on it? No. Did you look at it? I know which side I would lean. Say it. 
I would take Texas. I'm taking Texas. Texas is off a bye, and honestly, I went back and looked. It's it's a little it's a little funny with the COVID year. You got to take with a grain of salt. After the Red River Shootout, Texas has not really done spectacular in that in that very next game. Um, two years ago, they did beat a ranked Oklahoma State team by a touchdown, but last year they beat Oklahoma forty nine to nothing, and then they came out and I want to say they lost last year. Um. Anyway, regardless, Texas is coming off their heartbreaking loss in the Red River Shootout. Houston's coming off a Hail Mary tip ball last play win over West Virginia, which was incredible. Texas is going to be well-rested off the bye. They played well on the road this year. We saw them go into uh, in Alabama, get a win there. Um, the season's not over, but the room for error is gone. I think we see Texas come out and know that they are – Heading straight for a Big 12 matchup and a rematch with Oklahoma. Big 12 championship and a rematch with Oklahoma. I don't like Dana Holgerson. I don't like Houston. It's a very wishy-washy Houston team. They just won in an absolute shootout on the last play. They partied like crazy. Holgerson's probably still drunk. He's not going to have this team ready to go. Texas is going to come out and beat the dog shit out of Houston. So I'm taking the Longhorns minus 23 and a half. Yeah, I'll take Texas. Let's go. I think Tech. it's like last year, though. You kind of... I guess when I think about a Big 12 matchup, I kind of get a little bit worried because it's like last year was the same story where Texas kind of dropped some games that they shouldn't have, yes. obviously against the better teams in the Big 12. But it's like I hope that doesn't happen here because I I, I want to see the rematch. You Me know? too. I agree. Last year, yeah, Texas was ranked 25th, which they were they were done at this point. Uh, 49 to nothing, dominant win over Oklahoma. Dylan Gabriel obviously didn't play. Very next week, they go out and lose to Oklahoma State, 41 to 34. Year before that, um, uh, they lost to Oklahoma, forty-five to fifty-three, and we remember that game well. Mm-hmm. Uh, following week, they beat; they were ranked nineteen. They beat twenty-ranked Oklahoma State, forty-one to thirty-four. So, coming off a loss, if we're going by two years of history, and then I don't take the COVID year into account. I think they lost. That's why I'm not taking it into account. Um, you got to come out and handle business. Houston's not good. Their defense gives up over, like, their defense gives up 430 yards per game, 162 rushing yards allowed. Houston, I mean Texas should be at, we, we watched firsthand that they have dominant running backs. Brooks ran it all over Oklahoma, 22 carries, 129 yards, six yards a carry. He had a touchdown. They should have a balanced offense. Who's it? Donovan Smith for Houston. We were on Rice. It was my lock of the week back when brighter days. Um, Rice won outright. Houston's not a good football team. They're not well coached. They're going to commit a lot of penalties. They're going to get burnt on the back end. Pin your ears back. Go get Donovan Smith. Don't let him run on you. He's not going to beat you with his arm. I think Texas rolls in this one big. I almost made him a lock, which means nothing. Um, I have one more and then my lock. I just got my lock. You know what? I have two more. I'm just going to fucking do it, dude. I'm sending shots again. Um, I'm going to take... I'm going to take Central Michigan. Minus four and a half, I believe it was. Yeah, minus four and a half. Ball State's one of the worst teams in the country, let alone, obviously, worst. if you're the worst team in the MAC, you're the worst team in the country. So, Central Michigan, come out, establish the run. Ball State's bad. Um, I'm just... Obviously, I like McIlwain. This is more, I just think Ball State's that bad. I'm taking Central Michigan minus four and a half to come out and handle business. Um, 
It was one of those that I was on the fence on. The last three weeks, I've had those on the fence ones that I didn't pull the trigger on, and they won. So uh, no no more of that. Joseph, how many more do you have before you lock? Just my lock. Okay. And what would you say? Just my lock. Okay. My one more for my lock. Miami Hurricanes plus four. <laughs> I'm going back to it. Um, uh, Van Dyke got banged up, but... It sounds like Cristobal said, it sounds like he's fine. He played the final play of the game, uh, underthrew a ball for a pick, like a fucking schmuck. I don't think Clemson's offense is that good. Miami's defense, believe it or not, somehow I feel like Miami's defense didn't play that bad, giving up 41 points. Uh, there were some turnovers that gave short field to North Carolina, and North Carolina's really good. They just are. I'm, I'm there. I said I wasn't there yet on them. I'm there. Drake May's great. Um, but I really, I don't know. Call me crazy, but there were times where I felt like they – Made some plays on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think Klubnik's anywhere near good as good as Drake May. I think Miami, if the offensive line can just hold up, I, I, they have weapons. Um, I'm going to take Miami plus four at home. Um, both these teams not living up to expectations. Mario Cristobal, good God, they paid you a king's ransom. Can we just can we get an upset here? Can we can we beat a team that's good? I hope it's this week. So. Miami Hurricanes plus four. Um, and then just the locks left, right? Yep. Yep. All righty. Most important bets of the week. It's a lock, Kramer. You've had this thing under control for almost three years now. But it's a lock. They need that fucking juice. They need that next bet. They need, Come on. Come on. Yes! <laughs> when they win, they go fucking crazy. I'm going to a matchup down in Lafayette, Louisiana. Georgia State taking on UL Lafayette. UL's three-point favorites. The over-under is 63 points. UL has a slight advantage in yards per play margin, but in my opinion, Georgia State has had the tougher schedule so far, especially the conference schedule. They've kind of played the better teams in the Sun Belt. The offenses are better than the defenses here. I think in the end, it's UL's defense that kind of lets them down here, especially in the end. Uh, They give up 3.4 line yards per rush and only stuff 9% of opponents' runs. Also, Georgia State has the advantage with experience at quarterback. I think Granger makes plenty of plays here. I'm taking Georgia State plus three as my lock of the week. Okay. Is it, it's in Lafayette? Yep. You know, nobody will be there. <laughs> so, um, all right, my lock of the week, I'm going to take the under in Penn State, Ohio State, 48 and a half. Actually, no, I'm sorry, 48. Joseph already touched on it. He's That's one of his plays. Um, I'm in agreement. A big key for me, I already, already mentioned it, Egbuka, if he's out, that's the chain mover for him. He makes life a lot easier. If you only have Marvin Harrison Jr. on the outside, you can scheme for him, you can bracket him, you can, and then stop the run. I don't think McCord's going to be able to do it with his arm. I do worry about Drew Aller. Jesus, man. Jesus, man. Right in the middle of my lock. Maybe that's good. Uh, I I like Drew Aller a lot. I think Drew Aller is a year to two years away from being one of the best quarterbacks in the country, just because, in large part, of the pieces around him. I think Penn State's going to keep it close. I think they're going to keep it close because of their defense. It doesn't mean I don't think... I, I wouldn't even be blown away if they win this game. I think Aller is good, but my lock of the week is the under 48. McCord's just another guy. He's not an elite quarterback up to Ohio State standards. Joseph, what is your lock of the week? 
Uh, my lock of the week, I'm going to be staying up late for this one, UCLA at Stanford. I am going to lay the 17 UCLA minus 17 here. I think there may be uh, – I've seen a good bit of the public being on Stanford in this one. Uh, I think there may be a bit of an overreaction here in this one. Uh, after that comeback that Stanford had, 29 nothing against Colorado, I'm not going to overreact to that. Colorado's defense is that bad. Uh, this is a much different, much more well-coached and overall just better UCLA defense here this week. Uh, I know they couldn't come up with the stops I was looking for last week against Oregon State. But, um, you know, Oregon State has – it's not even close. It's night and day. A by, by far a better offense than Stanford. Stanford's going to be riding high from last week's comeback. And UCLA, this is a get-right game for this one. I'm going to lay the 17. Yeah, I mean, it's a clear letdown spot. Would you agree? Yeah, I think uh, UCLA's defense is really good, you know. Yeah, I would agree. And then if they can establish the run, mm-hmm. um, uh, game same time, another letdown spot, Arizona State-Washington. Washington coming off the big win against uh, Oregon, obviously. And then Penix getting banged up in that game. Um, That's a big one, huh? What? A spread-wise? Yeah, I see 27. Yeah. Give or take, point and a half. Um yeah, that one's at 9.30 as well. Yeah. Yeah. I may have some ads this week. I don't know. I'll be staying up late, that's for sure. But, all right, to recap college football, Wednesday, I am taking UTEP plus 3.5 and, and the under 48.5. Penn State plus 4.5 in the biggest game of the week. I'm going to take Navy plus 11. I'm going to take Central Michigan minus 4.5. Texas minus 23.5 in my almost lock. Duke plus 14. And Miami plus four, my lock of the week, Penn State, Ohio State, under 48. I'm taking UTEP plus three and a half, Marshall plus four, UCF plus 19 and a half, Texas Tech minus four and a half. We're going to take Texas minus 23 and a half. And for my lock of the week, I'm taking Georgia State plus three. Okay. Joseph? Uh, Three Saturday games. Um, I am on it as well as Logan, Penn State, and Ohio State under 48. Uh, I'm going to go Duke, Florida State. I'm going to take Florida State with the 13 and a half. And UCLA and Stanford is my lock of the week. UCLA minus 17. There you go. That is our best bets for uh, college football. Look, I opened my mouth, put it on the curb, and I got the back of my head stomped on. There's only one way to go, and that's up. So that or I can lose all my bets again. Yeah, I feel like I'm doing worse than I am. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. I'm 18-20-2. I, I, I think I get them good this week. Well, yeah. I'm happy for you that you're not doing as bad as it feels because I'm doing exactly as bad as it feels. One week changed the whole vibe of this season. The ball has not bounced our way. That's just There's no two ways about it. Um, like I said, dude, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a whole other dissertation on it again. Memphis, horseshit. Oregon, horseshit. Miami, fucking horseshit. A&M, horseshit. Wisconsin, Mordecai gets hurt in the first half. Horseshit. Cincinnati, they just fucking suck. But that's five horseshit games. If two of them, if two of them go my way, we're looking at what? Three, four, and one? And then if Oregon can fucking pick up three yards, it's a completely different week. Yeah. We're staring good weeks right in the face. Positive weeks are on the horizon, I swear. I swear it. 
All right, we look ahead to, actually, no, we recap. A down week in the NFL for me. Um, but just barely. Thursday, Broncos plus 10.5. Horseshit right there on the fucking precipice of covering. Harrison Butker can kick 70-yard field goals in a hurricane. There was a 60-yarder and a 52-yarder. Broncos plus 10.5, they lose by 11. Uh, Raiders minus 3. I got to call it when it goes my way. When I get a little lucky, I'll, I'll acknowledge it. Uh, Raiders were controlling this game for the large portion of it, and then all of a sudden they weren't until they got a safety at the very end, and that was great. Jaguars minus four and a half was a great pick. They absolutely dominated the Colts in large part, what I thought. Um, Minshew's good enough to come in and win you a game. When you are planning for Minshew for the week, I don't think he's mm-hmm. – uh, he's not good enough, so – Great backup. He can do what you need him to do. When your starter gets hurt long-term, though, you're not going to win anything. It's the NFL. Bears plus two and a half. Again, Justin Fields gets hurt. They're in this game. They have a chance in this game. And then Justin Fields gets hurt. It's just been the story. It was the story of my week. It's not going to be the story of my year, but it was the story of my week, definitely. Bengals minus three. Big-time stop on the goal line uh, to win by four. Saints minus one, my lock of the week. We suck. Dennis Allen should be fired. Pete Carmichael's old as fuck. And um, Derek Carr's not that good. So, bad pick there. I thought we were going to do better. It wasn't just because we were going to the game in Houston. I felt like that was a must. You had to have that win, and you didn't. So, that's why we're trash. Three and four on the week brings me to 13-16. and 16. Two and four in my locks of the week uh, with brighter days ahead. You went two and two. Yeah, um, Broncos team total under 18 and a half. What did the Broncos score? 10 or 9? Yeah. Or less, yeah. maybe? Um, it was something like that. <laughs> it hit. Uh, Ravens minus 4 in London. Um, they won eight by 8. That's what you said? Yeah, sorry. Okay. I just remembered it was 19 to 8. They scored 8 points, the Broncos. Um, Seattle-Cincinnati over 45 and a half. There was 24 points scored in the first half. I think there was like six scored in the second. So that one didn't hit. Um, <laughs> Bears plus two and a half. This second time on my lock that, well, one of them, my quarterback just didn't want to play. Then this one, Fields <laughs> goes down. Um, the Bears lose by six. Yes. So two and two. Yeah. Could have been worse. Um you are 13 and 9 on the year. A respectable, good 13 and 9 for an early season still. Uh, 2 and 4 in the locks, so we got to pick it up in the locks. 5 and 1 on Thursday night. Really? Hmm, well, we'll, we'll let you leave Thursday <laughs> off after, uh, after, after Joseph. This after Joseph uh, gives his plays out or uh, recaps. So, how did you, what did you do? Um, I was staring a 4 and 1, my best week of the season, right in the face until. The Cowboys and the Chargers, second quarter, third quarter, and fourth quarter. Um, that was that was bad last night, but I started off the week good. Broncos, Chiefs, under 48. That one hit. Um, 49ers, Browns. I was on the Browns, plus five and a half. They won outright. Um, was a little discouraged by it, but I was on the right side of the Vikings and Bears, uh, minus two and a half. And then, obviously, Saints, Texans, that was terrible. You already touched on it. We suck. Uh, and then, yeah, that Cowboys Chargers over was a killer last night. And I finished the week 3-2, and two, which brings me to 9-16 and 16 overall and 2-4 and four in my locks. 
Okay. Um, all right, we look ahead to week seven, I think I, I said it was, in the NFL. Um, yeah. Let's see. Thursday night. Yep. Saints, Jaguars, in the Dome, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you're 5-1 and one on Thursday, so <laughs> lead us to the water. Don't act like there wasn't yeah, a couple that I threw in there, This too. line's been um, all over, you know, with Lawrence's injury. Yeah, what's Optimistic the... Optimistic that he's going to play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the Saints, obviously we know the defense. The defense, the Saints rank f- number four in the league in yards per play allowed, number three in third down defense, and number six in points per game allowed. Really, Jacksonville's defense is decent. Um, but they're not really as good as the Saints. I... With Lawrence being injured and his status, I guess, being somewhat up in the air, earlier this game was Saints minus three. Now it's minus one after he's optimistic that he'll play. It's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Before, after the Saints game on Sunday against Houston, I was like, yeah, I'm fucking taking the Jaguars here, but I'm just going (laughs) to take the Saints minus one. (laughs) All right, I'm going to go over 39. It's a very low number. Um. I don't know why, because we can't score in the red zone, and honestly, neither can the Jaguars, but they've kind of figured it out as of late. But then you throw in that Trevor Lawrence is dealing with the knee. Um, ETN's been playing very well as of late. They have a slew of wide receivers. The Saints offense can't get worse. Um, Yeah, number 26 in yards per play, 20th and third down percentage, mm -hmm. 24th in points. I've just been taking nothing but primetime overs. It's like a shit. It's a um But then you look at Jacksonville, they're not really that good either. Yeah. <laughs> they're good in London. Yeah, I mean stati- their record obviously is a little bit better than ours, but um really their defense isn't isn't anywhere close to to ours. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm hoping that we can start to give our weapons the ball and maybe put some points on the board. So, um yeah, I'm going over 39. I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch this game with the ten foot pole if it wasn't a Thursday game. So, Joseph, what are you taking? I'm also going to take the Saints minus one. Okay. Yeah, I think they're valuing our defense in the dome. Um, I'm a buy into that dome field advantage. I think the defense makes some plays. Um, and and Lawrence is hurt. We suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Here dome field advantage has been dead since Drew Brees died. It's been dead. Died. We suck. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's just the question mark. If Lawrence, Lawrence wasn't hurt, I'd be taking the Jaguars here. But he's optimistic he's going to go. Yeah, which, what does that mean? I'm not fucking no, getting burned. Another quarterback. <laughs> not wanting to play. That's why you take the over. If I know Derek Carr wants to play, even though if he plays, not shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All righty, let's look ahead to Sunday. Um, my first one, noon, looking at the Falcons and the Buccaneers. Are you on it? Yes. I'm going to take the Bucks minus two and a half. I don't know where you're at. Um, I think the li- they have the linebackers to bottle up Bijan. We see it a lot of times with Alvin Kamara. Uh, they have speed at the linebacker position. Makes the running back's life difficult. I understand. Well, I don't even know what the Falcons did last week. But I understand R- Ritter may have started to play a little bit better against Houston. Three and then picks. they lost to Washington. Ritter stinks. Yeah, three picks. He's not an NFL quarterback. Um I'm going to take the Buccaneers at home, minus two and a half. Yeah, I'm taking Tampa Bay as well. Tampa 
Bay has the seventh-ranked rush defense in the nation, and I think the offensive struggles continue for Atlanta here. Tampa Bay minus two and a half. Okay. What's your first one for Sunday, Joseph? Um, I'm going to double dip in this one. Dolphins at the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. I'm going to take the Eagles minus two and a half, and I'm going to take the over 52 and a half. Okay. Uh, the Eagles, they, they got a wake-up call uh, against a tough Jets defense this past week. Um, I don't see the same happening again here against a subpar Miami defense who got down early last week 14 to nothing against the Panthers who were moving the ball well in that game. Uh, the Eagles still have a good defense. And even though I don't think they completely shut down the Dolphins offense, one of the best offenses in the league, I still think they get enough stops and slow them down enough to cover the two and a half. But uh, there should be a lot of points scored in this one, so I'm going to go ahead and take the Eagles minus two and a half and over 52 and a half. Okay, I'm on the Dolphins. Um, I haven't really been impressed with Philly this year, to be quite honest. Obviously, we just saw him lose to the Jets with Zach Wilson. The Jets defense is good, but there's been times when it didn't look as good as we thought it was going to be. But who has the Eagles, like, who have they looked like the team that was just in the Super Bowl last year? Who have they looked like that against? An abysmal New England offense. They beat the Patriots 25-20. to 20. Then you play Minnesota, who has struggled all year and is probably going to end up trading Kirk Cousins. They're begging him to get rid of his no-trade clause. 34-28. to 28. On the road at Tampa, 25-11. to 11. Then you and, and that's Tampa. That's Tampa's offense. They're still 25 points. Um, Washington, 34-31 in overtime. At the Rams, 23-14. So offensively, they've been struggling. Devontae Smith's been struggling this year. Uh, they, I understand DeAndre Swift is uh, having a pretty good go running the ball. Dolphins defense is nothing, nothing spectacular. I think that the Dolphins are going to be able to score more points than the Eagles and, and win the game. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm taking them plus. I think two and a half is the number. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, give me the Dolphins. I just think that um, they kind of got smacked in the mouth again by Buffalo. Then they came out and dropped 31 on the Giants. Obviously, Carolina, it was 14 to 14, and then it ended up being 42 to 21. I just haven't really been that impressed with Philly this year. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? Um, I think at times, you know, they look like the team they were last year, but obviously the offense is at times struggling. Yeah, I mean, the, the the strength of Philly's defense is the rush defense. Miami doesn't want to run the ball ever. So uh, even though they have running backs that apparently average 19 yards a carry. Um, <laughs> they just have so many weapons. It's just so many weapons. You're going to put a lot of pressure on, on Jalen Hurts and that Eagles offense to – Put some points on the boards, with they, which they have struggled to do so far this year. Yeah, I'm taking the Dolphins. What is your next one for Sunday? I got my lock. That's it? Yeah. Oh, wait. As do I. Okay, yeah. All right, I'm going to do um, Green Bay and Denver over 45. Why, I don't know. I don't think Green Bay's defense is that great. I know Denver's defense is bad. Um, Jordan Love has managed to figure out ways to put points on the board. And then Russell Wilson, there's weapons there. The Chiefs' defense is good. The Broncos have been able to somewhat kind of put some points on the board. You would like to hope that um, Sean Payton's going to find the end zone here and there. I'm going to take the over 45. I think uh, 
I'm just not blown away by either of these defenses, and I know the Broncos' defense is trash. Jair Alexander's been banged up. I don't know if he's going to be out for this one, but I'll take over 45. And then all I have left is my lock as well. So best bets of the week in the NFL. It's a lock, Kramer. You've had this thing under control for almost three years now. But it's a lock. They need that fucking juice. They need that next bet. They need, Come on, come on. Yes! When they win, they go fucking crazy. All right, for my lock of the week, I'm going to go with the Browns minus two on the road against the Colts. It's like I just said about Gardner Minshew. He can come in and win you a game as the backup. I don't think he can do it when a team is planning exclusively for him. Give me the Browns minus two. Is Deshaun Watson going to play? I don't know. Massage the shoulder. Get him back out on the field. Either way, the Browns just upset the 49ers because everybody on the offense got hurt. But a win's a win. They're going to win again here. Uh, They're going to beat the Colts. My lock of the week minus two. What's your lock? I'm going to the Packers are one-point favorites on the road against the Denver Broncos. The Broncos' defense, like you said, they still rank last in the NFL. Last week against Kansas City, they gave up 389 yards, but they only allowed 19 points to be scored. The Broncos averaged five yards per carry against Kansas City. They, They have to lean on the run against Green Bay, whose rush defense ranks 28th in the NFL, allowing 143.4 yards per game i'm taking the broncos plus one at home Mm -hmm. good i want them to score points all right joseph what is your lock uh for my lock of the week i'm gonna go to monday night 49ers at the vikings i am going to lay the seven with the 49ers um even though i was on the right side last week i was not impressed with the vikings against the bears even without justin jefferson I expected their offense to score more than 12 points and have more than just 230 yards of total offense against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And it doesn't get any easier in this one for Cousins as he has to face the best defense in the NFL this week coming off of a loss. And hungry to get back on track, I think this is a good spot for the 49ers to get back on track. Even with the injuries, I like them in this game to cover the seven against Minnesota's weak defense. McCaffrey and Debo are both out, right? And no, Trent Williams? Out. I didn't see out. I don't know. I think... Um, Questionable as of now, as of what I saw. From my understanding is that Samuel's more likely to play. Sa- yeah, okay. Than McCaffrey. But Trent Williams is hurt too, right? Yeah. yeah. Godspeed. That's I don't a- see that being a problem. It's a weak Minnesota defense, and I, I think Sam Fran's defense is the star of this game. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. That's... The left tackle is important, so we'll fucking we'll see how that goes. But then McCaffrey too. McCaffrey scored a touchdown. What's his record? Like sixteen games in a row or something crazy. Yeah, sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. So that'll. Oh, I guess he's not going to play. So I guess that streak wouldn't come to an end. But, um, and who knows? Maybe he does play. Um. All right, there you go. That is our best bets for NFL Week Seven. To recap, Thursday night, I'm going to take the over thirty nine in Saints Jaguars. Sunday, I'm taking the Bucs minus two and a half. The Dolphins plus two. Green Bay and Denver over 45. And my lock of the week is the Browns minus two. I'm taking the Saints minus one. The Buccaneers minus two and a half. And for my lock of the week, I'm going with the Broncos plus one. Thursday night, I'm also taking the Saints minus one. Uh, Dolphins at the Eagles. I'm going to take the Eagles minus two and a half. And also the over 52 and a half in this game. 
And for my lock of the week, I'm going to take the 49ers minus seven on Monday night. Okay, there you go. Our best bets of the week with our locks, college football and NFL. Episode 167 is in the books. Do you have anything to say before we go? Good luck. What about you? Good luck. All right, it was a bad week last week. It is what it is. Only one way to go, and that's up. Um, that's why I said don't take any of my picks this week, but that'll be your loss. So y'all have a good one. Who that? The house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. I've been practicing this because a little bit that I rushed. It felt like I rushed. It was good. I liked it.